0: I knew that if I didn't donate my kidney one day that it would probably nag at me my entire life.
1: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. All right, we're diving right into the New York Times magazine story that took over my entire Twitter feed this week. But Madison, strangely enough, given your job, you you have not partaken in this, in this discourse. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you uh, roll that bus you just drove over me back, please? <laughs> and by strangely enough, given your job, I mean, you were actually doing your job and writing a piece versus me who uh, couldn't get to this piece till 5 p.m. But very much engaged in the discourse before then. I rolled it back. How do you feel? <laughs> I, I feel like I've been rolled over by a bus twice,
0: actually. Uh, I probably should have asked for like a crane removal. Oh, well, next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh no. So I must come clean to the ICYMI guys and say that I no, I have not yet read the piece about the kidney. <laughs> uh, I really Yes. I I was very confused when I logged onto Twitter and all of a sudden everyone was talking about quote unquote kidney persons, such that I just started keyword searching kidney
1: on my timeline (laughs) to see if I could, like, piece this together. This is hilarious because the title of the piece is Who is the Bad Art Friend? And so my first interaction with the discourse was just the phrase bad art friend, to which I was like, well, I must engage. But before I kind of give you a recap and any other reader who does not want to read this absolute gargantuan piece... What do you think this story is about? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Based solely on
0: what I have gleaned from Twitter and Slack, my understanding is that there are two women. Yes. One of whom needs a kidney. Uh,
1: Okay. Is that wrong? (laughs) I really thought at least that part I had. I'm not going to tell you whether you're right or wrong until you're done talking through what you think this story's
0: about. Okay, there are two women, one of whom needs a kidney, one Uh of whom is going to give her a kidney. Okay. And she, she wants a lot of attention... For donating this attention. kidney, okay. the person okay. with two functional kidneys is like, "I'm gonna okay. give this kidney," but uh-huh. like, is posting about it all the time on Instagram, on Facebook. There's something about Facebook that uh-huh. that I know for certain. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's posting about it a lot on Facebook, and she's really pissed that she's not getting enough like praise and adoration from the woman who needs a kidney. Okay, so then kidney haver declines to donate the kidney and this is the story of the woman who doesn't get the kidney talking about her bad art friend. I don't know where they met. Maybe they make art together. <laughs> I'm also envisioning something like, you know the final scene of Charlie the Unicorn?
1: Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Why are where, like, we bringing this back?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> because they, they rob his organs. Oh, God! What happened? Oh, they took my freaking kidney.
1: They do. They do. This is true. Um, Madison, I mean, I can't blame you for not knowing what's going on because you're basing it off of tweets, but I'm sorry. The story, you got three things right. You got two women. One of them has donated a kidney and Facebook is involved. There you go. Wait, she actually donates the kidney? Yes.
0: Man, I don't know anything. Okay, Rachel, I was clearly wrong. Uh, (laughs) So let's correct the record.
1: Okay, let's start with where you're right. There are two women. Their names are Dawn Dorland and Sonia Larson, from here on referred to by their first names, Dawn and Sonia. So Dawn is a writer who donated a kidney but the thing is, she wanted everyone to know that she had donated a kidney, which, to be fair, if I had donated a kidney, I would also make it my entire personality. But she started, <laughs> Madison, she started a whole private Facebook group to keep her friends abreast of said kidney donation. And it wasn't like people asked to be in the Facebook group. She just added them in. One of the people in this Facebook group is Sonia. And I'm going to put heavy air quotes around friends. Uh, they're not. their Facebook friends. But they were both part of this thing called Grub Street. Like the New York Mag food vertical? Okay. That is is an accurate thought, but no. It is not the New York Magazine food vertical. It's like this Boston writing community. Have you heard of Catapult in New York? It's kind of like that, where you pay like $500 for like a 10-week course about like fiction writing or like essay writing or whatever and some writer teaches you how to do that but theoretically it's also a community so they know each other from this sonia also had a group chat that was a smaller version of this writing collective called um chunky monkeys can i ask a question Mm mm-hmm sonia doesn't receive a kidney right No, no. Sonia has... Both her kidneys are functioning. She's (laughs) She does not receive the kidney. The person who received the kidney is, I believe, an Orthodox Jewish man that Don has met before. So, like, he's living his best life with his functional kidney. I wish the best for him. I hope he does not get involved in any of this discourse. But Sonia, importantly, is... More accomplished and published than Dawn. And by more accomplished, I mean she has, like, an essay in, like, Best American Short Essays or, like, whatever. And she's also friends with Celeste Ng, who is also on this group chat. (laughs) Celeste Ng of Little Fires Everywhere fame, correct? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Among among other titles. All right. So we've set the stage. These are the two women. These are the connections to each other. Sometime in 2015, Dawn realizes that Sonia um, is not engaging in her kidney content. And she personally emails her like, are you aware I donated my kidney? The email says other things, but it includes the line, are you aware I donated my kidney? Does Sonia reply being like, are you kidneying me? (sighs) She does not. She responds, yes, I've heard. What a tremendous thing for you. So they don't see each other until a conference in 2016 where no one is lauding Dawn for her kidney donation. And there is a line in this piece where she was like, do writers just not care about my kidney donation? Can't answer that question for you. Later in 2016, though. Another writer, and perhaps chaos agent of this entire fucking piece, is like, Hey, Don, Sonia's writing a story about kidney donation. Are you the inspiration? Messy. Messy. He later clarifies on Twitter that apparently Sonia had read this story publicly, it was gonna be published, so like everyone, it wasn't a secret. Don just didn't know yet. Is it about Don? Um, so. Technically, no, but that's where things get a little bit murky. So Dawn realizes Sonia's writing this piece and is just like, we're writing about kidney donation. Can I read it? And Sonia's like, yes, I was inspired by your brave act, but that is it. It's not about you. It's not about anything I've gleaned from being in your private Facebook group. That's the end of it. And so Dawn is like, okay, cool, so the writer of the piece, Bob Colker, then goes on to kind of describe what this short story is about. And the short story is about this Chinese-American woman who needs a kidney, and then this white woman who is donating her kidney, but in a very white, saviory way. And it's kind of about the tension between the two. And there's this letter in there from the kidney donator to the protagonist, that is very similar to a letter that Dawn had posted on Facebook when she was donating her kidney. It's close enough to Dawn's original letter that Dawn, when she eventually gets a hold of this story, is like, Sonia, what the fuck? And that's the end? No, it's not. Mm. So at this point... Dawn gets a hold of this story and is like, you're plagiarizing my words from Facebook. And she emails any writing fellowship Sonia has ever had saying, do you support a plagiarist? She goes, full Karen is what I'm saying.
0: Dawn is white. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. So at this point, Sonia is like, what the fuck? And Sonia... Files a lawsuit against Dawn, basically saying you are, this is this is defamation and you're interfering with my career. Dawn, they're, they're kind of racing to the courthouse. So Dawn files after Sonia, but they're really, they're about to sue each other for the same thing. And Dawn is suing Sonia for like copyright. So the court cases start coming out and, subpoenas start flying and one of the things that is subpoenaed is a group chat that Sonia is in which was the most terrifying part of this entire story to find out that your group (laughs) chats can be subpoenaed in a court of law. And what the subpoena uncovers is that Sonia for years has been involved in this group chat that includes Celeste Ng that has just been shit talking Dawn for like behind her back, which let's be clear here. I am a member of many group chats that shit talk people. This is not illegal. Who among us. Whomst among us. Exactly. So, but what's also uncovered is that as Sonia is drafting this piece, she's like, had included verbatim the letter that Dawn had put on Facebook and put it into her story and then admitted that she knew it was wrong. She says something along the lines of, I'm feeling like a good writer, but a bad person. The letter is just too good not to use. AKA, Sonia fucks up the game for herself.
0: Is this letter embarrassing? I guess what I'm getting from the tone of your retelling is that like, It's sort of wild that Dawn so desperately wants to be associated with this thing she posted on Facebook.
1: I mean, she posted it on Facebook, so how wild is it? I mean, it's a little gauche. If I saw someone post it, I would kind of, I would cringe. I'm I'm just going to read it to you. That's the only way you can really get what's happening here. This is a snippet of it. Personally, my childhood was marked by trauma and abuse. I didn't have the opportunity to form secure attachments with my family of origin a positive outcome of my early life is empathy that it opened a well of possibility between me and strangers. While perhaps many more people would be motivated to donate an organ to a friend or family member in need, to me, the suffering of strangers is just as real. Okay, that's a lot to
0: unload on a person who also is clearly experiencing a medical crisis.
1: Yes, that, yeah, it is, I think to us, You know, this is not something I would want to be associated with. But when you think about the person who would also start a private Facebook group to talk about (laughs) their kidney donation, this makes sense, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, I think the only recourse here is for me to actually uh, read this thing. So we're going to take a very long break. Rachel's going to take a nap. I'm going to read Bad Art Friend in the New York Times Magazine. And when we come back, we're going to discourse on the discourse. We're going to decide who actually is the Bad Art Friend In the end, were we all the bad art friend all along? Just wanted to give a quick shout out to any of our new listeners joining us for the first time today. Hello, welcome to the I C Y M I guys. Rachel hates when I call our listeners that, but too bad. Uh, in case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week, so be sure to listen to our episode from Wednesday, uh, where we get into why a man sitting on a couch has been blowing up TikTok. All right, we are back, and I am
1: newly up to speed on kidney person. (laughs) So while you were reading this, again, 19,000-word piece, I decided to do a little digging because though this piece is ultimately about two narcissists on different scales, what I came away from this piece with is what the fuck do I do to avoid getting my group tax subpoenaed in a court of law? (laughs) Rachel read this whole piece and was like, ah, it's about me. I am the bad art friend. No, I'm just like, you know what? I don't need this kind of stress in my life. And what I found out is that living on the Internet and being connected in this world brings this kind of stress into your life because the courts are extremely behind in terms of digital privacy laws. Disclaimer, if you are our lawyer listening to this, we are not giving out legal advice. We're just just chatting. So, iMessages, importantly, are encrypted, which means that Apple, the company, does not know what you are texting to your friends. This is good to know because it means that a subpoena to Apple will not reveal your chat logs. And here's the part
0: where I tell Rachel that we are professional reporters, and the short answer to this
1: is... <laughs> Delete your messages, don't write anything down, and use Signal. Yes, yes, Madison is correct. The short answer to this is, like, in a group chat, if you want to avoid anything being subpoenaed, you have to set up a retention policy, which means that you and your friends need to come to an agreement that every 30 days, you're all going to delete your group chats, not just from your phone, but from your laptop and any other device that gets your iMessages. Otherwise... They are open for discovery. However, if you delete all your stuff right before a court case, that is not allowed. You cannot do that. So the regular policy is the only way to keep your shit from getting subpoenaed.
0: Rachel, we both know we're not going to do that. So to everyone listening, <laughs> stay tuned. Our our shit texts will probably be read in open court at some point in our lifetime. <laughs>
1: Now that we've given you the tools, whether you choose to use them or not, I probably won't. It's now time for the most important part, the discourse TM. So Rachel, who do you think is right in this story? The thing is, this is my favorite kind of story where no one is correct. Everyone, to varying degrees, sucks. And I think as a consumer of news and someone I consider you know, media literate, that we don't have to decide who is the worst here. But the thing is, Bob Culker, the author of this piece, really does a great job of not really coming down on one side. And I I think we should all take a note from that because Sonia fucked up. And she knows that she fucked up. She took this letter. She admitted she felt bad about it. And also, importantly, She doesn't like Dawn, but would never tell her this. And so instead decided to write a story about someone that she does not like, that she seems to think is unstable in some ways. To which I would say, if you're going to write about someone in your life, maybe don't do it to the person that you think will be the most annoying about it. I don't know. Seems self-protective. So that's my take. Madison, what's yours now that you've read it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I... I'm glad that this story exists in that in that I am enjoying making a lot of jokes about kidneys on Twitter. And now I'm enjoying reading all of people's extremely bad takes about this piece, which we'll get into. But I do sort of find myself coming down on like, did we need to know this story? Like ultimately, who is served by this narrative other than like gossip hungry people on the internet, which we must be fed. It is true. But I, I feel a little squicky. I felt a little squicky by the end. Rachel, what was the most annoying take you have seen on Twitter? I'm now
1: rapidly trying to catch up. So there's this knee-jerk defense of Sonya Larson, which by the end of the piece, it's clear that she feels stalked and harassed by Dawn, which I cannot imagine. So that is terrible. However, (laughs) there is a gray area, and Sonya fucked up. And knew that she fucked up. And Madison, I don't know if you know me, know this about me, but my entire kind of ethos is like, knock if you buck. Like, if you're gonna be fucking messy, <laughs> then be messy. <laughs> don't sit behind this weird posture of like, as a fiction writer, I am called upon to fictionalize the experiences in my life. You can do that, but people are gonna be mad about it and they have a right to be mad about it. I'm not saying don't do it, I love mess, but if they get mad, you got to square the fuck up. Say it with your whole chest. Say it to their face. That is my entire thing. So I just feel like Sonya should have been a bigger bitch and just been like, I don't like you. Leave that private Facebook group. Free yourself. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I just remembered something. In the early drafts
0: of this story, the character, the organ organ donor's name was
1: Dawn. She didn't even change up the homework she copied. Exactly. And like, I think that fact only came out through discovery. So to be fair, I'm sure like the first drafts of most people's novels have some incriminating evidence in them that we wouldn't want discovered in an open court of law. But come on, Sonya, you can't sit here and pretend like you did not base this character in some part off of this woman. And that if she recognized herself in it, that it's somehow her fault. You wanted her to. You used her letter from Facebook that she posted in a private Facebook group that you were in. You don't deserve to feel stalked or harassed for that. I will like, I just want to be clear here. Like, that is not. <laughs> so those are the worst takes. Let's move to a more uh positive space and say, what was the best take you saw about this story?
0: There were several conversations I found interesting about relationships where, and we have all had them, right? Like there were there were moments in reading this piece where Dawn clearly thinks she and Sonia are good friends. And Sonia Mm -hmm. is clearly shooting off these emails like, oh, whatever, whatever,
1: this Mm -hmm. bitch.
0: But we've all as humans experienced that, right? And there is something so, like, acutely stinging about what one does in a relationship where up until a point you've done nothing wrong, you think you're friends with a person and they're just like, nope, I was never (laughs) friends with that guy.
1: Yeah, it's it's parsing the line between acquaintances and friends, a line that is made harder to parse by social media where all consumption of somebody else's content, it kind of equalizes in a way. So your best friend sees your Instagram post in the same way that someone you met at a party five years ago does. So the the sense of scale is very hard to parse. However, my favorite take kind of following that is from someone named Manuel Aragorn, who wrote, My takeaway from the bad art friend is that often white people confuse spatial proximity to a person with friendship, and I have never read anything more true in my entire life. Manuel's point is a really great one, but I think one that has been unexplored in the discourse and in the piece is this dynamic. That, to be clear, this is part conjecture, but I do have some familiarity with A lot of this drama seems to have emerged from the weird kind of pay-per-view writer's workshop systems that exist across the country. I've taken a catapult class before when I was an editorial assistant in Slate. And it's basically this kind of thing where you pay somewhere around like $500 to take a class with a writer whose qualifications are somewhat dubious. I'm not going to lie. And in Dawn's case... It's just me. (laughs) <laughs> it's just two children in a trench coat. I mean, it's kind of exploitative to young writers to be taught by someone who really has no qualifications to do it, but it also creates this community, heavy air quotes around community, that is theoretically a writers community that you you're trying to approximate, but it's it's all a weird paid scheme. And I think that that dynamic is what created this weird sense of false closeness that Dawn felt to Sonia, which is, this is not a real community. This is something you're paying for access to. Drawing it out more broadly and and thinking about the context of this story, people you are quote-unquote friends
0: with on Facebook are not your friends. Like, I'm in Facebook groups for writers, those people— we are a community of some kind. We're not friends. The, the people that Dawn <laughs> invited to her, like, I Heart My One Kidney Facebook group, whatever. That was not actually what it was
1: called. We don't know what it was called. Uh, th- those are not necessarily her friends. Madison, that was a great point, but I'm really stuck on I Heart My One, <laughs> one Kidney.
0: <laughs> it's the bumper sticker. My One Kidney is an honor <laughs> student at, like, Oak Creek Middle School. Stop, stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> My other car is a single kidney. (laughs) I feel like we've done a pretty good job up until this point. Uh, Not armchair analyzing either of the women in this piece because we are not qualified to do so. uh, And I have no interest in doing so. But I did come away from it in the end. I I described it earlier as, as feeling squicky. Just sort of feeling like, I don't know that I feel like we should hate the person that sort of sets us up to hate. Because so many of these behaviors seem like big red flags to me.
1: Yeah, I also got that. And again, neither of us are psychologists. We're not lawyers. We are merely two liberal arts majors sitting in a room together, talking to We're into not a mic. together. Stop lying to them, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm so close to you. Anyway, yeah. I that just doesn't mean I we're feel friends. Like, damn. Anyway, a lot of Dawn's behavior is just clearly it's not the behavior of someone who is well. And I think coming away from the piece with this kind of rote, knee-jerk, she's a monster idea is callous. That doesn't excuse any of Don's behavior, but I really feel like the way most people should come away from the story is feeling a bit squeaky. I think that's the point. They're both the bad art friend. It's a twist ending. (laughs) <laughs> and now, to make light of everything we just talked about, the funniest tweet about this entire thing, I must read it to you, comes from Aubrey Hirsch, who wrote, Are you ready? Kidney got out just in time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that maybe un- undoes the narrative
0: we just uh, laid out, but that's really <laughs> fucking funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know the other kidney is just sitting there like, Damn, it could have been me. <laughs> Rachel... Yes. Would you give me a kidney if I needed one? Yeah, of course. But you would have to listen to me talk about it for literally years.
0: (laughs) I choose death. Alrighty, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. Definitely subscribe. It's free and the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Please leave us a rating and review in an Apple Podcasts and tell all of your bad art friends about us. You can also follow us on Twitter at icymi_pod. underscore pod. Feel free to send us your questions. You can also shoot us an email. We are ICYMI at Slate.com.
1: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producers Derek John, Forrest Wickman, and Allegra Frank are our editors, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See you online or in a Facebook group.
0: <laughs> I really meant to make a "you're in for a something" joke, and I just forgot. I'm so glad. Thank you there's for not doing time. that. No, there's, there's not.